Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are. The Quantum Mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast for the believers, the doubters, and everyone in between. And actually, that's the last time I'm going to say it this year. Obviously, we're going to say it next year, but last (laughs) time we're going to say it this year. It's really gone, well, amongst all the things that British people can't believe, I can't believe it's gone this fast. I know, incredible. (laughs) And the other thing that's slightly messy with my head is... um, (laughs) is almost like it's like an episode of Doctor Who in a way so if you're uh, listening to us on your podcast platform happy Christmas because it's Christmas day but if you're on Patreon you're probably listening to us about a week before Christmas because we're about a week ahead at the moment Um, and obviously we're recording it the week before that so my brain just can't get round it but we're going to be Christmassy anyway we are going to be Christmassy yes (laughs) I have well in a traditional christmas way i ate turkey and sausages for lunch well nice sandwich. in a sandwich oh, I, love, I love a christmas sandwich but... just leave the cranberry out though oh no i love the cranberry oh, i just hate sweetened meat mm. i have to scrape it out Ooh, i know it's not very nice <laughs> but i did it in the um the privacy of my own car so that was okay Fair enough, yeah the idea with this one is are you're all too busy to be too worried about paranormal stuff even if you are by yourself, you're probably going to be watching a movie or something. So I thought we'd put together a, a sort of a history of all of the dark creatures of Christmas. Oh, nice. it, it, it's making me think it's Christmas time. There is a need to be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is brilliant. I, and I wish I'd thought of it and I hadn't. All I need now is some sort of George Michael wham. Yeah. Uh, pun, but I can't think of one. <laughs> I'm thinking of one. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, you used it in a blood sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original version of yeah, the song. That, that was. They, it was the record company who got them to change it. <laughs> I was probably on the back of um, the Judas Priest trials and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. But yeah, it is 25th of December. So, you, you, I'm sure I don't need to tell you, and I'm not going to go into it, but um, the reason that it is the 25th of December is when we celebrate Christmas is because in Roman times, this was Saturnalia. So it's the winter solstice, popular date. Yeah. If you're going to bring a new religion in, let's use a popular date. And that's what it was. So, and it, Isn't it part? I know there's lots of different theories, but also it's a... It's a celebration of the days getting longer again, right? Because you've got the shortest day of the year. Is that right? Uh, it is. So I think the... I guess it depends where you live, but... Yeah, I think <laughs> I think the shortest day is the 21st. Right. Um, but yeah, in the uh, in the Roman calendar, the... Yeah. 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 <laughs> but... <laughs> we're just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we know what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't need all that, do we? We don't need all that. Um, so obviously these aren't dark creatures, but during my uh, my research, I did come across, and it had never even occurred to me to ask what it means. Do you know where Yule comes from? No. No. Right. I'm sure you've made a log of it, though. Sorry, there's going to be some really bad puns. <laughs> We've had a sweet sherry. <laughs> <laughs> the term Yule derives from Norse and Germanic traditions and it's a synonym for Jol or Jolnir which is another word for Odin oh yes I knew I knew, I knew there was a bit who of is, yeah the, the god of uh, war and lord of Valhalla yes and um, in the enormous hall in, in Norse mythology it was in Asgard to which Odin summoned the greatest of warriors 
So often Odin was referred to as Jolnir or the Yule One. Ah, okay. And so Odin became associated with winter amongst Germanic and Norse people of Northern Europe. Makes sense. Who lived much of the year in night and darkness around them. Which must have felt like war. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so they associated Odin with the winter solstice, which falls on the 21st of December. Thus, the solstice became associated with Odin and then became known as Yule. So you can see that date. Right. So why that kind of picks a little up. Bit. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Well, that's interesting. So Nordic, I'm sure we're going to have some paganism coming in a bit more as well. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But the fo- the most famous of the dark creatures, of course, is Krampus. Of course, yes. And uh, by the way, I'm compiling this from a number of different sources. So okay. um, uh, not least History Channel, um, that was very useful. And a book called, th- what's it called? 13 Things You Didn't Know About Christmas, which is out of print. Right. And was printed for about, as far as I can tell, four months in 1960. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I'm confident you won't be able to find that, it. That's a good find, though. You managed to find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I found somebody that had taken a PDF of it. Right. Sorry, author. Yes. Um, but Krampus, a horned, uh, horned anthropomorphic. A horned hum- humanoid creature. <laughs> Did you mean to say it? I, I, no, I was going <laughs> to... Anthropomorphic. Creature. That's the word. And part goat? Well, we'll get on to, uh, we'll so get on to what he looks to the, like. Yes, the thing. Uh, yeah, he's, you're right. He's devil-like character. He's got cloven ho- hooves for feet. Yeah. Horns of a goat, fangs, wild eyes, and a long pointed tongue. And he's usually depicted as being covered in brown or black hair and of greater size than a human, sort of eight or nine feet tall. Right. He's essentially a demonic creature, which symbolises the onset of the dark nights and the pressures of surviving the cold Alps during winter. So he's kind of a personification of the weather, in a way, in a sort of the weather and the climate. I don't want to start a Christmas Day debate, but is he a demonic creature or is he a cryptid? Or is he both? Um, well, he's a symbol... But I would say he, well, if St. Peter, uh, well, if St. Nicholas, rather, you're Peter, if St. Nicholas, I haven't been drinking, either. If St. Nicholas is sort of a saint and the Krampus is the anti-Santa, then presumably he is somewhat demonic. But he's not Christian demonic. Yes. Although, you may get onto this, didn't, now I read somewhere that St. Nicholas and the Krampus used to hang about together. Well, yeah, that is that is the legend, yeah. So right. basically Krampus goes and um, marks out all the naughty children. He does a pre-wash. He does basically. a pre-wash, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then what's left is, is there for Santa. Right. But that is quite a modern interpretation. Oh, okay, so it's not traditional. No, like because the Krampus is traditionally associated with the 5th or 6th of December. Yes. And uh, this is Krampus Nacht. Um, it's a festival where Krampus featured really quite heavily. But it's kind of, it comes from, or it appears to come from, the pagan people who inhabited uh, part of the Alps. Uh, they're known as the Aurasians, and they'd already begun to sort of have these uh, Krampus festivals. And as I say, it, it's kind of like the opposite of a harvest festival. It's like, right. here's the plenty at harvest, here's yeah. the negative with the Krampus, and you sort of got to survive it. And then as it starts getting mixed in with other 
bits of mythology and beliefs, he becomes this sort of he becomes the anti Santa. And I, I'm, I'm going to get this number wrong, but it's, I remember reading somewhere that um, Christmas in pagan times that that went on for like forty days or something, didn't it? it? Went on for like a month or at least. Yeah. Yeah, it was a you know. So we get a bit shortchanged now with our Christmas holidays. Yeah, really. we do. Yeah. We do. Those pagans know it knew how to party, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Well, by the 11th century, Krampus Night is intertwined with the Feast of St. Nicholas. Right. In that part of Europe, anyway. And as you probably know, he's an early Christian bishop uh, from the late 3rd and early 4th centuries, and obviously known for gift-giving. But he's also the patron saint. We've covered this before, but um, he looks after sort of all sorts of people, including prostitutes. Which... I remember you mm. saying that. Yeah. 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 Um well, he's got to do something with all that time off, hasn't he? Well, <laughs> we're going back to uh, your, witch, your witchcraft. Um, but there's an interesting reason that I didn't mention there. When you say, is, is he there sort of, um, when he was associated with St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas is believed to have died on the 6th of December. And his feast day then becomes associated with Krampus Nacht. Right. Because that's the same day. Right. So obviously, with the patchiness of the records, this this document I'm reading here, so it's difficult to assess how widely Krampus featured in the folklore of the Alpine region between fifth and tenth centuries, or how extensively Krampus Nacht was celebrated during, as he said, this shadowy period of history. We know this; we have a difficulty with that part of history. But it's it's interesting though. So so if you followed that through. What would what could be a solution of the connection between St Nicholas and the Krampus is just the fact that they went, oh, well, look, we've got this party going on. We might as well make it a dual party for both, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, you, you get these... Um, so the description I've got of these sorts of parties that go on is there's people who would dress up as Krampus's Krampi, if, uh, if you like, <laughs> and they would do um, a Krampus run. So the Krampuses would dispense lumps of coal and bundles of birch to the bad children. Yeah. And a figure representing so representing St. Nicholas would then come along and dispense the presents to the good children. So this is part of this ah. festival, basically. Okay, so it's almost it's almost uh that's a kind of metaphor for good and evil in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the whole thing is in a way. But these days it's a little bit more of a a comfortable affair. So if you do want to celebrate Krampus on Christmas Eve, well, it's become tradition. And that's the great thing about Christmas. You can sort of invent all sorts of traditions around yeah. it. Um, you leave him some schnapps. So if you right. leave St. Nicholas, I don't know, a, a, some brandy or some whiskey, you leave schnapps for the Krampus. For the Krampus, because he's a bit more hardcore. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And is the running still involved? Or do we have to do the running anymore? <laughs> so some, I, they, I do believe they do it in some parts, but this is not... Um, not wide, although I will say in Clintonville in Ohio, I found out there is a Krampus parade that would have been held on the 5th of December. So if you went to Krampus parade, let us know. Right. So it's almost, it's reminding, it's almost a darker version of Elf on the Shelf now. Is that our oh, replacement? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil on the, yeah. I don't know where, where, is this, where he says Devil on the hooves. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, when we covered the, story of the the uh, cloven hooves or the horseshoes i should say not cloven yeah going and they thought it was the devil some people did say it was the krampus it, uh, it, but it was obviously disregarded because 
the devil is a lot more real than the Krampus to believers. Of course it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, But there's this whole... What you were saying there about celebrating Christmas over a wider period. December the 13th also marks the festival of, of St. Lucia. And um, it's a celebration for... Uh, there is also a celebration for her lesser-known counter, counterpart, the witch Lucy. That's L-U-S-S-I. Oh, never heard of that. No. So the Christian feast, I hadn't either. Um, so be a little bit like this is a time of darkness. There's this idea, you know how we have Halloween? It's kind of like, again, it sort of feels like people are saying the veil is thin. That's why we sort of celebrate right. these things, which yeah. is um, a little bit weird. But the Christian feast day of St. Lucia is celebrated, songs, procession, and there's a young girl selected to play the role of Lucia. She wears a white robe with a red sash and a crown of lingonberry greens and seven candles. I've even got a picture of uh, of her with uh, her lingonberry and seven candles. And I did think, for anyone oh, right. that grew up in the UK, you'd be making that on Blue Peter right now, you wouldn't would, you? You would, yeah. In 1979, you'd definitely be making that. That would involve a coat hanger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also not putting anything on your hair, because that is definitely going to catch fire. So, so, sorry, that character... Is basically a witch, is it? No, no. So that's the saint. That's the saint. Right. That's Lucia, and we'll come on to um, like the the darker side of this faith in a moment. Okay. So um, she's at the centre of a procession of girls, and they're all clothed white robes, red sashes, all symbols of purity, and they sing hymns. And they carry a cake called a luscata. Mm. However, the fairies are also out on their wild hunt called Orcoria, I believe. Right. And tradition holds that if during the procession the girls hear the sound of the wild hunt behind them, they should toss one of the cakes over their shoulder to appease the elves. <laughs> I love Isn't that. that lovely? That is sweet. And that's interesting as well, because that's almost, you know, there's also that theme of gift-giving there, isn't there? I mean, it's to ward them off, but it's give them a gift and they'll go away. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we, we see this all the time, this sort of idea of leaving gifts out for elves and yeah. things. The schnapps for, and all that, yeah. We'd, also, we covered um, leaving chocolate out for wood um, yep. wood spirits. Yep. But Lucy is a, no, a Nordic sorceress. Not a lot is known about her, but she is the initiator of this wild ride, you see, this wild hunt. Right. And she was, rides through the air with Odin and their followers... And their followers are this troop of elves, fairies, nymphs. Oh. And they are called the Luciferda. Wow. They're a band of troublemaking nuisances out on the hunt to cause uh, chaos and frighten humans. So again, we've got this dark and the light. We've got the yin and the yang. Yeah. I didn't know that connection between the gods, the kind of Nordic gods and elves. It makes complete sense when you mm. say it, but it's the first time I've heard them almost travelling together, leading the way. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that that wild hunt, I've always been fascinated with the wild hunt because um, it's something that has sort of been used in, I suppose, sort of modern fairy tales and stuff, but we don't, you know, we don't sort of celebrate it properly, of course. Um Hell of a sight to see if you could see it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so is this? Uh, my mind's going to is this a kind of precursor to Santa on his sleigh and reindeer and stuff like that? Because that sounds very similar. It does sound very similar, and possibly, I mean, that isn't the suggestion here, right? 
but I can imagine so. I mean, so this what what is interesting is that you've got this period uh, between Lusitania and Yule when you've got these trolls, demons, spirits of the dead, yeah, are swirling around outside. It says here enjoying the darkness, and they're particularly active on Lucy night. Naughty children are advised to hide away. And according to some traditions, and this is what I was saying about it's interesting, Lucy herself could come down the chimney and abduct children who have been bad. Wow. So we got chimneys in there as well. Wow. Yeah. So um, beware. Yeah. Right, this is one of my favourites, and I have been trying to learn how to, uh, how to say this, but now we get on to the Greek goblins. From Christmas Day until the Feast of the Epiphany... On January the 6th, Greeks watch over their homes especially carefully, looking for moved items or stolen Christmas goodies. Yes. That's because, according to Greek folklore, a group of tiny goblins called the Kalakatroi... I've said that wrong, but I've asked... You heard me ask Google how to say it. Yeah, That's the best I, I can do. I like it. It sounds good, though. I think you just front it out. <laughs> it's Christmas. Everybody's had a tipple. They're fine. They come out during the holidays hoping to wreak havoc upon mankind. So these goblins are small, dark, hairy creatures with goat-like legs. Again, a little bit like the Krampus. They love a goat. But more re- recent images of them, they resemble more like standard human-like trolls or goblins. Um, they've always had a negative connotation, but now they're considered more trickster spirits. Right. So they're not going to like come and kill you, but they'll steal your underpants or... Mischief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more mischief-making. But they also come from ancient pagan traditions and have been adapted to fit with Christianity. According to this document, debate regarding the exact source of these creatures ranges from ancient Greek death spirits to small bugs associated with evil spirits which were known to destroy crops. That, to me, makes a lot of sense because the darkness, the destruction... Peace. I mean, these people are living, not hand-to-mouth, but they're they're living crop-to-mouth. And if you lose a crop, Mm. when winter comes, you really are stuffed if you haven't been able to find an alternative food source. Which I guess in pagan terms is almost the purpose of Christmas, isn't it? Everything you've been storing, you can celebrate. If you've had a better crop, you can have a better celebration. So you can see how these little elves or bugs would fit into that concept. If you've had a bad harvest that year, you know, you've been cursed by the bugs, yeah. That's right. And there is there is some discussion um, in this book which like to, which likens, like, the Krampus and coming around, getting rid of the bad children, because the bad children are like a plague on your house as well. Right. Um, and unfortunately, it isn't just bad children. It's children that aren't necessarily desirable like maybe disabled children and stuff like that. So that's, that's sort of why it became... That's why it's been um, turned around a little bit because that's obviously an obnoxious part of the tale. Yes, yes. which also ties into theories on the changeling as well. Absolutely it, it yeah. does. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. But, of course, now in the Greek Orthodox Church, these small elves are embraced because Jesus is the light and so they are the dark. So, again, it's right. the good and the evil... And in this case, Jesus sign uh, comes through. So rather than a sorcerer or something, yeah. it's Jesus doing that work. Yeah. That's interesting as well, isn't it? I'd never thought about that. I, I get the kind of church wanting to suppress this stuff, but you don't think of almost embracing it to 
demystify it or at least uh it's almost appropriating it isn't it to 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 kind of what's the word i'm looking for to almost quell the pagan instinct we'll appropriate some of these pagan things that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well th- that's you see it, people didn't want to stop believing in these things but they rather liked the new religion so it's interesting that what they were they were originally supposed to live under the surface of the earth because they were trying to cut down the tree of life right so that obviously doesn't come into any biblical representations but it makes sense to like if you just take that bit out mm. and then you say well Jesus is the light and they're the dark that that sort of you don't need to change the story too much yeah yeah makes sense i've said that, that they are hairy and um sort of humanoid but apparently they stink Really? They really stink. Is it with all these things stinking? It's like like Sasquatch. Well, <laughs> the Sasquatch stinks. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He smells like a. That's why they call him a skunk ape in yeah, some parts. Yeah. 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 Um, yes, the Calicazoi. Uh, the Calic. Yes, the Calicensoi. That's how I'm going to say it. They like eating insects, snakes, mice, rotten fruit, and cause your food to spoil. Right. Uh, they harass people. These are the bad things they do. Destroy furniture, steal and misplace items. Mm. How often have we come across misplaced items as a uh, yes. something that an entity does? Well, we, and, we talked about that a bit last week, didn't we, with the witches? That you know, there's a whole there's a whole genre of spells to find lost or misplaced or stolen items. So yeah, yeah. The significance of it is not lost, is it? And if you're walking home alone at night. Mm. They might do something else to you, which we have covered in a previous episode. Mm. They'll grab your arm and force you to dance. Right. Until you pass out. Wow. That's the ultimate evil, isn't it? That is the ultimate evil. It's like being at a wedding. Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> and maybe there's a cover band. It's like being at a wedding when Dancing Queen comes on. No, I don't want to. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Calicadroy who's forcing me. Um, uh, And they they have a boss who they call their mother. And she's the one who gives them orders for who to target. Hmm. And so to protect yourself, you leave food on the roof and on doorsteps. Similar to how we do during Trick or Treat, really. Yes, I remember we covered something like that. And also something to vaguely remember putting something um, on your door, don't you? To, to, yes, yeah. Uh, that will that will stop them bothering you. And um, they... There's a lot to remember, isn't there? But it's okay, <laughs> because it's only the 12 days until the epiphany. All right. And then they go away again. So you're only in danger right. for the 12 days. Okay. So for the 12 days of Christmas, you've got to watch out for these fellas. Right. Let us move on to another word that I won't be able to pronounce, but... <laughs> Frau Poshta, nice. also known as Bushta or Bertha, and she's also called called, and this is this I think I can pronounce Spinster Spinster Ben Frau, which I think is like a married wife. I think so, yeah. Um, or spinning room lady, I believe could be that. Oh. She's depicted with a beaked nose made of iron, <laughs> iron, <laughs> yeah, wow. dressed in rags and carrying a cane. And generally resembles a decrepit old crone. Right. Legend has it that you'd better get all of your flax spun by Twelfth Night again, Twelfth Night. Right. 
for when the Christmas season was over, it would be time to set up the big upright loom, at which time you must have enough thread to wrap it and start your weaving. And what Frau Buster's punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all their weaving? In Germany, Austria and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Puster trampling and even setting fire to half-spun fibres. That's angry, isn't it? Just vindictive, isn't it? That is vindictive. You didn't have time to do all well, your spinning. You're a bit spinning. behind. I haven't done my spinning. You're going to set it on fire just to annoy me. I've gained pictures of, you know, the the... The Wicked Witch in Snow White and Rumpelstiltskin. That's a bit Rumpelstiltskin as well, isn't it? With kind of yeah. I mean, it gets worse. Okay. You, you're supposed w- w- worse than setting fire to my thread. <laughs> well, so if you've got a messy house, yeah, she takes real offence. If you haven't left her a bowl of porridge out, she takes even more okay. offence. So she'll set fire to your yarns. But if you've got a messy house and you haven't left porridge out... Ben, I'm, I'm, I've got to take a list here. So I've got to leave the whiskey out for Santa. Got to the leave the snaps out for Krampus. For Krampus. I've got to get a bowl of porridge for this one. Yeah, you've got to put... Um, Stuff outside for uh, the green uh, On the roof. On the roof? On the roof. I've got to get on the roof. Roof and the doorsteps for, oh. uh, for your little goblins. Yeah. But you really want to put the porridge out for this one because she... <laughs> She'll come into your bedroom, disembowel you, and replace your guts with rocks and straw. Get the porridge on. <laughs> but she only goes after women. Oh. So warn Emma. Yeah, get the porridge on, Ebs. <laughs> <laughs> She's not very nice. It's basically an extortion racket, isn't it? All these 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 dark Christmases. It's such an extortion They're like the racket. the mafia. Well, there's, um, there's one of the creatures which... Um, I was reading about which it's um, you have to have new clothes, and if you don't have new clothes, they'll steal your children. <laughs> it's incredible. I know, and you can't do it on purpose either because apparently it sees through that trick. Oh, the Prodicus. The Prodicus. <laughs> <laughs> the Gucci Goblin. <laughs> now you probably. I think everybody listening will know this one. I vaguely knew this one, but I didn't know the details. Do you know about Iceland's 13 Yule Lads? No. So in Iceland, children get a visit from not one, but 13 Yule Lads. Right. Who, it says here, mischievous little fellows who take turns visiting... I love it. Mischievous little fellows. Yeah, I love that. Who take turns visiting children on the 13 nights leading up to Christmas. Each night, beginning on December the 12th, children place a shoe on the windowsill. Oh, well, now I've got to get a bloody shoe. If they have been good, they receive candy. If not, the Yule Lad fills the shoe with rotting potatoes. Okay, that could be worse. But now I've got to bring a shoe into it. You have got to bring a shoe into it. So I've got my whiskey, I've got my snaps, I've got my uh, porridge, I've got to get a shoe, and then I've got to get on the roof and get out the front door for the for the the the, the greek ones the, the anything particular they like or can it be anything uh no the um the greek ones like rotten fruit mice earthworms that sort of thing oh god <laughs> you or can a... probably just give them some out of date yogurt yeah well i was wondering with the um the porridge one whether like a bit of leftover bread sauce well um, that's just going to annoy them though isn't it if you want to annoy a woman who will come in... That's the one that and, and, disembowels you, right? And you'll wake up next to Emma, who has just been replaced by rocks and stones. OK, all right. 
I think you better get your oats out. Yeah, okay. As, as the one that goes in the microwave for two minutes, would that be all right? Or I do think you, that's I, fine. I think that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salt or sugar, though? Or honey? Like... What do they like? Leave her those all. Leave those bits out for her. She bit can, of raisins. She can do her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Maybe banana. Sliced banana. Bit of chocolate. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. That's probably what I'd leave just to be on the safe side. Right. I'm getting a bit panicky about all this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Yule Lodge lads used to be a lot creepier. Apparently, in 1746, Iceland officially banned parents from telling their children oh, really? scary stories about the Yule lads. Oh wow. They're just harmless now. So, sorry, this is, you said 13 nights, did you, or 12 nights? 13, because there's 13 Yule lads. So, so, so you put your shoe out overnight. On the 12th. On the 12th, and then do you have to keep putting it out every night? Good question. I think you do. Oh, that's a bit of an effort. So, as with all of these things, it was waiting for somebody to codify who the 13 Yule lads were, because in the past, people would sort of make up their own stories. It was basically a way... It's like the children saying about the bogeyman coming right. to get you. It's right. that sort of thing. And do the kids have to behave, or that's not really part of it? It didn't seem part of it. Um, they do have to behave, but each of the, the lads has a particular penchant for something. Right. Okay. And it was codified wow. in a poem uh, by, now, <laughs> Johannes Urkotlum, I think is how you say his name. Okay. So we've got the... Um, We've got the, the, well, the 13 names, which I'm going to struggle with, but I can tell you what they do. Could you try and do them in a high Sigaros voice? <laughs> in a what voice? Sigaros, the band, the Icelandic. Oh, God, I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, like that. You've got to kind of do them. Oh, God, I don't think I can. All right. Okay, well, let's see. Hang on. Uh, right. Stetjaslaw. That's good. Stetjaslaw. Stetjaslaw. Yep. It means... Sheep coat clod. Okay. He harasses sheep, but is instead impaired by stiff peg legs. Right. Okay. He's got peg legs, so that do we, they're not going to wear the shoes, so it doesn't really matter, does it? That's fine. No, no, no. But yeah. he's going to harass your sheep. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's try this. Then there's um, uh, Jill Jaguar. Jill Jaguar. Jill Jaguar. That means gully gawk. He hides in gullies, waiting for a chance to sneak into cow sheds and steal milk. Oh, this is brilliant, isn't it? I <laughs> love Iceland so much. <laughs> You'll like this one. Go on. Stufer. Stufer. He's stubby. Right. Unusually short. He steals pans to eat the crust left on them. <laughs> I'm just thinking this is the worst Rosetta Stone tape ever. <laughs> Stupla. <laughs> Please don't learn Icelandic off yeah, me. Yeah. This one might be my favourite. Um, I don't even know. I think it's um, Wurzlika. Oh. Wurzlika. And can you guess what he does? Does he lick feet? No, he licks spoons. <laughs> oh, so the liquor part is right. Okay. And there's a particular type of wooden spoon with a long handle. Right. Which forms the first part of his name, which I'm unclear about how to pronounce. But he likes to lick it, and it's extremely thin due to malnutrition. Aww. I don't know why he's malnourished and the guy that licks the pans isn't, but... Yeah. And, well, I'm going to give him a little bit extra in his shoe this year. Oh. <laughs> then there is uh, Asker Clear, who is the bowl licker. Asker Clear. 
he hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their bowl with a lid, which is, which they use as their dishes. So it's not like what you think. It's not a bedpan. Right. Okay. It's, their, yeah, it's yeah. what they're eating. Yeah, yeah. And then he steals that. Yeah. We've okay. got Hudersleeker. Hudersleeker. Is he he's, another licker? No, he's a door slammer. Okay. He slams doors at night. Okay. Then there's um, Skiergrammer. Skiergrammer. That's the skier gobbler. So you know that um, Icelandic yogurt that we get advertised on telly. Skier. Yeah, yeah. That's he, where he gets the name from. Yeah, yeah. He likes that. He, he likes just yogurt. likes it. He just likes yogurt. That's oh. his thing. <laughs> Put some yogurt on the list. <laughs> People are getting very bored of me reading out all these. I just say so. We got yeah, sausage swiper. Yeah. Sausage swiper hides in the rafters and stacks sausages. Yeah. The window peeper <laughs> peeks in through windows yeah. in search of things to steal. He's cancelled. The doorway sniffer. Has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell. Right. And he's looking for a particular sort of bread. Right. We got meat hook. He uses a hook to steal meat. Yeah. <laughs> Does what it says on the tin. And uh, uh, there is candle stealer who steals candles from children, which obviously isn't a particularly nice thing right. to do. Does that but, mean in modern times he steals torches? Well, no, because the reason that he was. Um, Stealing the candles is because they were made out of um, edible... Oh, like beeswax. Uh, well, no, what's the... Um, uh, it's just gone straight out of my head and I went past that page. Tallow. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They were made of tallow and therefore, um, you know, that he was... he was. They were all obsessed with eating stuff. Yeah. Apart from um, the door slammer who doesn't seem to care. Right, okay. He's just, he's just slamming stuff. Slamming doors. He's just That's slamming doors. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that though. That's brilliant. Um, God, I love I love those kind of that Icelandic tradition and the I always remember from one of the episodes we did there is a uh, like a green belt where no one can build on because that's where like the the fairies and the elves are supposed to live. Oh yeah, that's true. I've been there um, to Iceland. That is, and um, there are there's places where you can't walk because the little people or the, they don't call them the little people. They call them. The invisible people, I think they call them. Somebody right. from Iceland will correct me. But yeah, you can't you can't go there because that's you know you'd be stepping on their home or whatever, which I think is lovely. And anyone out in Iceland, we do apologise for our pronunciation and oh, hope you're all right after, I'm after so the recent sorry. volcanic activity, which was just scary. I think you must have when you went, you must have gone to the Blue Lagoon. That was that was affected, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, uh, so yes, sad. it was. It was. The Blue Lagoon is one of the most incredible places oh, I've amazing. ever been to. Have yeah. you been? Have you? Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's like the fact that I was sitting in there and my hair was going crispy with the ice. Yeah, yeah. It was... And they've got that bit, I don't, I'm assuming, hopefully it's all still intact, but they had a bit roped off, which is the really hot bit, which only the hardcore could take. Yes. You could tell the locals were going for that. All us kind of tourists were like getting about within 20 feet of it, going, ooh, it's too hot. When I was there, there was a bunch of school kids from Birmingham who were daring each other to go into right, it. Right, right. Which rather destroyed the mood a little, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, I'm going to just relax. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, I will, I will leave you with... A nice one. So I found this lovely little tale. Um, and it goes, well, the author, this is what brought me into it. It's that time of year again and high time to talk about cats. Cats and Christmas seem like a couple perpetually entangled in a love-hate relationship. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't think cats and Christmas went together that. at all. Yeah. 
Um, on one hand, there is almost nothing more adorable than having a cat lie cosily either on your lap or next to you on the hearth mm. with a brightly coloured Christmas tree standing by. On the other hand, cats simply cannot stay cool or aloof when a tree suddenly appears in the house. So I was like, what the hell? Where is this taking me? Yeah, it's taking there? me to the Christmas cat of Iceland. Oh, we're back in Iceland. Iceland has a Christmas oh, cat. Oh, brilliant. According to legends, the Christmas or Yule cat is a monstrously huge black cat that only going to be big. <laughs> at Christmas Eve <laughs> when little children are sound asleep, oh. dreaming of the glitter of the Christmas tree and the marvelous gifts that lie beneath it. I'm using the this author's um, poetic license. Right. Okay. Unfortunately, if there are no colourful, this is what I was telling you, n- new clothes amongst those gifts. The innocent little ones, instead of feasting on the Christmas banquet that day, will be feasted on by the Yule cat. Oh, that's amazing. That, that explains. <laughs> but I don't know if you had this. Like when I went to Iceland, I I kind of I was I, I thought I've got to be warm. I've got everything right. I was I was overdressed. I could have I could have done the Antarctic in the midwinter and still been all right. I was over over kind of layered. But then I remember going out and going to like a bar and a restaurant. Everybody was so stylish, and so I'm there stylish. in a kind of green, you know, cagoule, going, "Oh God, I've really you. judged this wrong." I'm with you because um, I took, I went there. It was for my partner's birthday, <clears throat> and so we went to a really lovely restaurant. And you know what it's like? It's like about minus. 15 20 outside yeah minus 15 grand as well for the oh, meal <laughs> it was yeah and to get so we got a sort of taxi to where we were eating but there's like a row of bars and restaurants and we both dressed exactly as you described like layers upon layers we went in there t-shirt cagoule yeah the girls were in dresses like they were wearing like bare legs with high heels and rachel was like yeah, oh yeah. my god I feel so underdressed. But they've got these marvellous clothes, so when they go back out again, they've put on basically duvet covers, yeah. and they're fine again. Yeah, when you go in, it looks like a, like, literally, as we mentioned earlier, Prada ad, doesn't it's it? It's like a Prada ad, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you're I was like, like, oh, my God, I look like, where's Wally? Well, no, that's the thing, because Rachel was like, I just feel, like, I didn't even, I didn't share my legs, because I'm just, like, wearing two pairs of jeans, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, the Icelandic people really do know how to be stylish. I wonder if this cat, is to blame. Well, I went into the the, um, the history of it. It rather looks like it's a way of making parents. It's like um, uh, a story passed down to make parents buy children their cl- nice clothes for their children, and the kids not go. Oh, I've got clothes. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. I like that. So they go. Well, I saved you from being eaten by the cat. Right. Um, it's basically in you know Victorian Britain. Children are going to school without any shoes on, in Iceland in the 1700s, they're going in in basically, as you say, Prada. Yeah. Because the Christmas cat would have eaten them, and the parents are very proud that they stopped their children being eaten by the Christmas cat. You said it's humongous. Was there, is, there any, is there any kind of scale that, 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 um, is, that is well, given? Well, looking on my notes, it does say... Um, no, it just says... Humongous. It just says a hum- monstrously huge... And only appears on Christmas Eve. So monstrously huge. I'm going to say that's like a lion. Right. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Because it's still got to be able to get in the house, really, hasn't it? I think it does. Let me see if I can, in real time, work out how to pronounce it for you. Okay. 
You've got to do it in the Sigaros high voice, though. Okay, I'll get my computer to do it. You look a Dorin. You look a Dorin. Dory, you're Dorin. You look a 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 Dorin. In your new clothes. In your new clothes. There you go. So um, that is a collection. None of them are particularly hard to look up. I haven't been. This isn't the normal level of research, <laughs> the quantum mechanics. This is a gentle. Christmas morning. If you yeah. if this is your first one to discover, and you think those boys don't do any research, yeah. please don't review us. We definitely do. This is just for opening your presents. This is us putting our feet up. I mean, to, to be honest, we've been so busy buying all the crap that we need to buy to keep all these evil spirits at bay. We haven't had time to research, have we? Have you bought your kids present? Have you bought them um, clothes? Uh uh, bought one of them clothes. I haven't bought the other you one. I'm going to have to get some clothes. Even yeah. if it's socks. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. And um, what? Uh, it's, it was Christmassy, wasn't it? It was a Christmassy app. It was a Christmassy app. If you know where you live, if you've got any Christmas traditions that are about dark animals and stuff, let us know and we'll include it in next year's one. Yeah. But yeah. we'll get the chatter going on our socials. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. Um, I'll, I'll be popping in on Christmas Day afternoon. If anyone's chatting on the socials, I'll, um, I'll absorb it. And, cool. Um, we'll and enjoy to- it. And, um, and, and obviously, that's, this is our last episode this year. Well, again, yeah. A widely available episode this year. Interestingly, the next step we've got uh, I've got some something exciting that I've been working on regarding the TQM Tulpa project. Oh, fantastic. Something that might rekindle it and improve it, because we had that amazing story the other week. So that's inspired me to do a bit more research. So uh, so come back next week and listen to that, because it's, uh, yeah, we're going to revise. We're going we're gonna to pimp up the TQM Tulpa project to make Sherlock Holmes. I'm really looking forward to this because since that success that one of our listeners had. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I am very impressed. Also, like, I think I want to make sure that everybody who has been helping us out this year. Yeah. uh, I know for, for those of you, this is very boring list of names. I promise I'll be quick, but we couldn't have done it without them. Uh, before that, a big thank you from both of us for everybody who's listened to us and continues to listen to us. We really appreciate it, especially, you know, if you're liking, reviewing, um, and and certainly Patreons. You can't believe how much you've helped us this year. You've enabled us to do a massive special, Halloween special, which we filmed Um We've uh, we've got new equipment that we've managed to do. We've had bits falling apart, and uh, we've got new new uh, what, what do you call them? New leads and wires, and um, yeah, and we're going to buy some new mic stands as well as a little Christmas present to us because ours are literally falling apart. So, thanks all the patrons. I think we should name them, don't you think, Ben? I think so. As we go, is this will be year four? Yeah, of doing this. So yes, Teresa Gunderson. Ross Evans, Susan Clark, Amy Monroe, Joe Jackson, not that one, <laughs> Chakra Magnet, Ket, Ellen, <laughs> my favourite name, 
La- uh, Lagopus Scoticus. Oh, what a great name. Mark Burgum, Evan Diamond, Kate Purnell. And, of course, we couldn't have done a lot this year without the Lawmen, who were also a patron oh, well, of yeah, ours. Amazingly, thank you, Lawmen, for becoming a patron. Yeah, we really thank appreciate you very much, that. James. James, thank you so much for all the episodes you came on this year. Um, it's just such good fun, isn't it, when we get James along and the Lawmen involved. It's so, Very much, yeah. very much so. Yeah, hopefully but, there'll be more of those next year. We might go and watch the Standing Stones again next summer. It's yeah, becoming Stonewatch. a thing. Stonewatch 24. Stonewatch 24. Um, but yes, thank you, uh, Patreons. And uh, if you're thinking uh, about checking out Patreon, uh, yeah, we're about a week ahead at the moment in terms of episodes. Uh, if you go to patreon.com forward slash TQM pod, um, any help that you can give us is much appreciated. And yeah, thank you. Thanks you all for listening and whatever you've done for us this year. We, we do genuinely, it really touches our heart. I it really I don't think I could do this without all of the positivity and support we get. Yeah, You're definitely. a lovely lot of people. Yes, and, definitely. And um, dragging my um, my computer and book buying out fifty two. T- well, we do it half each, <laughs> but I wouldn't be able to have the motivation if you guys weren't there. So yeah, thank you. Definitely. So we hope you've all had a good Christmas or having a good Christmas, depending on when you're listening. And uh, check us out on uh, New Year's Day. Unless you're a patron and you'll check us out on Christmas. Oh, forget it. It's too much for my mate. My, my small brain to deal with. We'll see you next time on the Go Quantum and check Adventure. the turkey. I'll see you all later. Goodbye. Bye. the quantum mechanics.